Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 63 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a black perspective. We are very glad you are joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services to independent authors and creative professionals like us, including valuable ebooks, online training, and business coaching. You can find out more with the link and the QR code in the show notes. Keith and I have also published several fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, and nonfiction books. This, uh, soon, we're opening a Spotify website where you can preview and purchase our books outside of Amazon. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, along with, uh, and in, along with and in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Yep, good to be here. Okay, last weekend, the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives were preparing to shut down the entire United States government because the... Previous Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, completely reneged on the debt ceiling agreement he made with President Biden and Shalanda Young, the Director of the Office of Management and Budget, just a few weeks, uh, just a few months ago. That agreement was supposed to be the foundation for the budget negotiations over the summer, but the MAGA Republicans only wanted deep cuts to social programs and Ukraine support. On Saturday night, with only a few hours left before the 11.59 p.m. deadline, McCarthy had to get enough votes from the Democrats to pass a 45-day continuing resolution, also known as a CR, to avert a government shutdown. Notice it's only for 45 days. The very next morning on the Sunday shows, McCarthy told a bald-faced lie by saying it was the Democrats who wanted to shut down the government. But the MAGA Republicans knew that McCarthy worked with the Democrats to keep the government open when they wanted the government shut down, hoping that would harm the Biden administration. So first thing Monday morning, Florida Representative Matt Gates made good on his promise to set up a vote to vacate McCarthy, that is, remove him from his speakership. On Tuesday, enough Republicans voted to remove McCarthy, and not a single Democrat voted to keep him in his role. McCarthy became the first House Speaker in American history to be voted out, that, out of that position. The very first thing that the newly appointed Speaker pro tem, Patrick McHenry, Patrick McHenry of North Carolina, who had been chosen by McCarthy, the very first thing he did when he had the gavel was to demand that Speaker Emerita, Nancy Pelosi, and Leader Steny Hoyer move out of their special offices in the Capitol building immediately. The fact that Pelosi at the time was in California attending the funeral of the late Congresswoman Dianne Feinstein didn't matter. The locks to Pelosi's office were changed. That is pettiness on steroids. And things have only gone downhill since then. On Friday, which was yesterday as we record this, it was reported that after he left office, the former president shared classified information about America's nuclear capabilities with foreign guests at his Mar-a-Lago club, specifically with someone from Australia. This revelation is part of the ongoing federal classified documents case against Trump in Florida. Keith, what else happened this week? 
I'll, um, I'll move to that in a minute, but we also want to point out that the, the someone from Australia was a billionaire, right. you know, who bought access to, who, who had never had any interest in becoming a member of the Mar-a-Lago Club until, until Trump became president. Right. Oh, yeah. And then he, and then he joined because he knew that would get him access and that gave him the access that he wanted. Right. And right. then he was able to share all that information. So that was, so that was really, really, a traumatic thing. Right. There's, there's video of Trump and all these foreigners sitting around a table at Mar-a-Lago while he's sharing all this information. Right. Because he he just loves. To, he's like a little kid. It's like candy to him. Right. Yeah. He, right. he knows. I know something you don't. And right. He can just right, right. T- tell all his little and, friends. And so he 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 is truly against American security. He's he's you know a, a danger to American security, national security, and military readiness. Right. Because of this. And we're going to come back. Exactly. To long a long list of things to do. Right. And but first the good news and. And the bad and the, the bad ways that the media covers uh, the good news, or basically pretty much ignores it. Really, right. yesterday the monthly jobs report was released, and the numbers greatly exceeded expectations. Of course, the people on Fox lost Fox. Why do you say Fox? I don't say Fox News. Right. <laughs> the people on Fox lost their minds. And one of the headlines, which we're paraphrasing this on CNN, was "Excellent Jobs Report and How Could It Harm You?" Every weekday. On our, on our, we are speaking Substack publication. We post a free three-minute podcast of current events for the day, and it's a great way to start your day. And also, just because everybody's so rushed these right, days, right. just to kind of get a real, at least, in, call a quick injection of the news, <laughs> so you know what's going on. Monday, Democrats saved the country from the shutdown, and this McCarthy was a failure without Democratic help. And McCarthy's just been a failure all the way around. Right. Jimmy Carter celebrated his 99th birthday. The former president is the longest living president in history and also probably the most useful. Right. right, <laughs> I mean, right, right. Gavin, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, will choose the new, uh, new senator in California to replace uh, Senator, the late, now late Senator Dianne Feinstein. Feinstein? Feinstein. Feinstein. Mm-hmm. And then literally hours before the, an 11 p.m. deadline, Congress passed the necessary bill to avert a government shutdown, and President Biden signed the bill just before midnight. This deal is in effect just until just until November seventeenth, which, which is a week, which is a week before Thanksgiving. Right, by the way. exactly. And Republican and anyway, Republicans had a deal with the White House on spending levels earlier this year that was supposed to avoid this whole crisis, and that is so important to note. That because McCarthy, just fact that to go back on promises the right, way that right. they do, Speaker McCarthy reneged on the deal to please his far right members. And then after several failed or non-viable House bills last week, McCarthy submitted a 71 page bill at midnight Friday and gave Democrats just 15 minutes to review it, which meant he knew that wasn't going to go anywhere. Right. McCarthy needed 117 Democratic votes to pass the House bill. The government fiscal year ends on September 30th every year, yet the Republican House waited until last minute. And so that's a quick recap of what happened before they did the right, vote. Right, So right. This, this was from last Monday. Right. Meanwhile, last Sunday, the 39th president of the United States, Jimmy Carter, celebrated his 99th birthday at his home in Plains, Georgia. He is the longest living fr- former president in all of American history. President Joe Biden and all of the current Former presidents sit, sent birthday greetings, all except Trump, of course. He didn't say squat. Mm-hmm. President Carter has been in home hospice care for the past seven months, and former First Lady Rosalind Carter is now suffering from dementia. And the Carters have been married for 77 years. That's amazing. 
Meanwhile, I remember this This is from Monday's recap. California Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein, the longest serving woman in Congress, had died last Thursday evening, week before last, af- after casting a vote in the Senate on Thursday afternoon. She cast that vote, went home, went to bed and died mm-hmm. to keep the government open. Governor California Governor Gavin Newsom previously a- a promised to po- appoint a black woman to the Senate if the opportunity arose. However, when Senator Feinstein announced she wouldn't run for re-election, California Representative Barbara Lee, who had been in the running for an appointment, entered the race along with Katie Porter and Adam Schiff. And so now uh, Newsom says he will appoint an interim senator who is not one of the declared candidates for the 2024 Senate election. And a lot of black people were upset that he didn't choose Barbara Lee because she had been the front runner. She's 77, by the way. She had been the front runner. But I think uh, Newsom did the right thing mm-hmm. because there are three declared candidates for mm-hmm. the Senate and for the for the Senate seat, and if he just picked one of those, right. that that would that be so unfair. Right, that's not right. Right, because that's 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 him. That's him putting his finger on the scale. Right, right. He's saying, right. and he's trying to say, I'm I'm not backing anybody. So you right, get somebody exactly, 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 exactly. Right. And no one expected. Uh, well, I mean, I know she was ninety and sickly, mm-hmm. but still, she had already announced she wasn't going to run, right. and no one expected her to literally go to sleep and die. Right, right. So I, I think he did the right no, thing. No, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this and this doesn't throw Lee out of the race. I That's mean, the, right. the, the race still goes on, <laughs> right? You right. know, but I mean, I think one thing they, if I remember right, one thing that they were also upset about was I think it doesn't. Who's the woman's name that he appointed? LaFranza, La, La I have it written down. Yeah. LaFranza. But anyway, the woman that he appointed, I think he, his appointment of her does not preclude her from entering the race. Right, right, he, right. And that's where, and that's, and that's where he may have made a mistake. Was, it was in the sense that, that now, you know, with him putting her there and him, because there's, because they're saying, okay. LaFranza Butler. LaFranza Butler. LaFranza Butler. Because on one hand, you're saying, okay, you didn't, want to tip the scales but then you put somebody in but then she can get in the race right, too right. but but still I agree with you I think he, that he did the right thing right. you know there had been an mm-hmm. indication that I can see that LaFonza's getting in the race right, right. well no 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 no. she didn't oh, she didn't say it specifically she but she didn't say no either oh sure and yeah. but at this point at this point Lee, Porter and Schiff have had such a head start they're so well known. They have such large right. war chests, and now some people are saying, "Well, with two black women in the race and three women in the race, it, mm. that'll split the woman's vote." Vote because Katie Porter is really good too. Mm. Are really good. And that will split the women's vote and 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 give a uh, heads up to uh, right. Adam Schiff, who is also very good. I'm glad. Well, they're all candidates. They're all excellent candidates. Really good. Okay, so you're going to Tuesday, I guess. Yeah, Tuesday. So uh, t- on Tuesday, Clarence Thomas finally recused himself because the pressure was so great. Mm-hmm. Monday was the first day of the new uh, SCOTUS Supreme Court of the United States uh, term. Trump, and then Trump appears in court. Oh, these are things that happen on these Tuesday. This, are, is, this is a brief this summary first. So Clarence, Thomas, right, so Clarence Thomas finally recused himself. Monday was the first day of the new SCOTUS term. Trump appears in court, openly taunts the very judge who will decide the amount of his monetary damages? How stupid was that? We're talking new, about Trump here, right? Right. Well, yeah, true. A new black woman senator, which we just talked about, Gavin Governor Gavin Newsom appoints the president of Emily's list as the interim replacement for the late Diane Feinstein. And for the first time ever, SCOTUS Justice, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas recused himself from an appeal case brought before the court by John Eastman, his former law clerk. Thomas has been the subject of several alleged breaches of impartiality and alleged bribery from people or companies who have cases before the court. Eastman, who was also indicted in the Georgia election interference case, heavily pushed the false narrative that then-Vice President Mike Pence 
have the power to refuse to certify the results of the 2020 presidential election results. And so this is this is very important. Number one, it's important not only because Clarence Thomas finally recused himself right. when he didn't do that before, but this has a lot. To, this will have a big impact on the Georgia case because mm-hmm. Eastman is, is is indicted there too. Right. And right. so the fact that Eastman brought what's called a rocket docket request yeah. to the Supreme Court, asking them to hurry up and and deal with this, and they did, and they went against him. Right. So. That's really important. Right, right. Meanwhile, also on from Tuesday's report, on Monday in New York City, the two hundred and fifty million dollar fraud civil trial began against the <laughs> this is Keith's favorite description. Against a quadruply indicted, twice impeached, proven sexual abuser and rapist, proven massive business fraudster, two-time popular vote loser president, also known as Colton Fulton County inmate number P zero one one three five eight zero nine and his two adult sons, and the Trump organization. The trial the trial that starts is going to be held, and they just recently said, no, we're not going to uh, delay the trial. Trump mm-hmm. asked for that, too. They said no. The trial will be held and decided only by Justice Arthur Ingeron of the state Supreme Court in Manhattan because Trump's attorneys forgot to ask for a jury trial. It's literally a box you can check, and they didn't <laughs> check the box. Literally a little box to check. Well, I said he can't get the good attorneys Right, anymore. right, right. <laughs> Yet, during breaks in the trial, Trump called Ingeron Trump hater, a rogue judge, and a terrible person and called for him to be disfired. Good luck with the judge's decisions, Donnie boy. He thinks that's going to help him. No, he doesn't think it's going to help him. That just gets him more street cred is what right, he thinks right, with, right. His, with his followers. Well, help him with, with his followers. Right, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I mean when I say street cred. Mm-hmm. On Monday, California uh, Governor Gavin Newsom chose LaFonza Butler, we talked about this earlier, the mm-hmm. current head of Emily's List which works to elect Democratic women, to fill Dianne Feinstein's Senate seat. Butler will be only the third black woman in American history to serve in the Senate, after Carol Mosley Braun of Illinois and Kamala Harris of California. She will also be the first openly LGBTQ person to represent California in the chamber. Butler will serve until the next senator, whom whom voters will choose in the November 2024 election, is sworn in. California reps Barbara Lee, Adam Schiff, and Katie Porter are already 2024 candidates for Feinstein's seat. And Butler is also free to run for the seat if she chooses. And it was, I mean, that was fast because I don't know whether she was surprised. I don't know whether he gave her a heads up. I don't see how because like Diane Feinstein's death was a surprise to everybody. Mm, sure. So on Monday, he chose her. On Tuesday, and I think we'll talk about that. On Tuesday, she was sworn in by her predecessor, Kamala Harris. It was a beautiful right. thing to see. Right. And now a quick word from our sponsor. <laughs> the podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services to independent authors and creative professionals like us, including valuable ebooks and print books, online training, and business coaching. You can find out more with the link and the QR code in the show notes. Keith and I have also published several fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, and nonfiction books, and we will soon be opening a Shopify website where you can preview and purchase our books outside of Amazon. And as a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And now back to the podcast. Here's Wednesday's update. Right. McCarthy, um, number one, McCarthy is House Speaker no more. Voted out for the first time in American history. Trump issued gag order. 
New York Supreme Court justice has had enough. That part is funny. <laughs> so, uh, SCOTUS skeptical about gut, a gutting federal agency. <clears throat> Business groups trying to scuttle the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And I'm so glad they're, they're running mm-hmm, up against mm-hmm. problems with that. Elizabeth Warren worked so hard for that. Mm-hmm. She um, started it. She started, right, mm-hmm. exactly, and should have been the head of it. In the summer of 2022, when Republicans expected a red wave in the November midterm elections, Kevin McCarthy was literally measuring the drapes in the Speaker's office. After almost five days and 15 votes in January, and after he gave up and gave in almost all of his power, McCarthy was voted Speaker. He has been the weakest Speaker in recent memory, and on Tuesday, he was removed as Speaker with a vote of 216 to 210. 214 votes were needed, and eight Republicans voted with all 210 of the 212 Democrats to vacate. Speaker Emerita Nancy Pelosi, who was able to lead her caucus successfully with the same five-vote margin that McCarthy had, was in California at a memorial service for Dianne Feinstein and did not vote. Mary, Mary Petula of Alaska, who just unexpectedly lost her husband, was not in attendance. Republican Patrick McHenry of North Carolina will now be the Speaker pro, speaker pro uh, temp, tempore. For, tempore for now. And his first act was to immediately evict Pelosi from her private office in the Capitol building. Future Speaker House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries passed his first real caucus test with flying colors by keeping his members on the exact same page. And it, it was, it was, a, well, I, I don't want to say a miracle. It was just exactly what, why Hakeem Jeffries will be the next Speaker of the House. And just like we said, Nancy Pelosi had the same five member margin that McCarthy had. But Nancy Pelosi knew what it meant to be a leader and to work with her caucus. Right. And both Pelosi and Jeffries, because of the uh, House Democrats, just like the House Republicans, go from all the way far left to all the way far right. Well, not far right for the Democrats, mm-hmm. but left, really, really right. But yet, on Tuesday morning before the vote, Hakeem Jeffries called his conference in and said, this is what we're going to do. We are going to, we are not, we're going to vote no. And, and, and because we do, we do not, we do, it is not up to us Mm -hmm. to fix the Republicans' mess. Okay. And even though the the media right now is like, it's the Republican, it's the Democrats' fault. They should have rescued him. No, it's not our, our job, Democrats. Well, some of the media is saying that at all. But yeah, but I think, but I think it's also important to know, though, that the, well, first of all, just contrasting the pettiness. Right. Because when you're talking about the first thing you do when you get in is to tell Nancy Pelosi she shouldn't have her office anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just for spite. That's, once again, we're not, not focused at all on the business at hand. That's right. just, just to, to, to show a sign of disrespect yeah, the, for no the, reason. Uh, the um, Democrats in the House have their offices in another building called the Cannon Building. Okay, the the senators have their offices in another building called the Rayburn Building after Sam Rayburn, right. and who was who was one of the longest serving Democrat longest serving Democratic House speakers of the House. But so, but Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer, they had special offices in the in the Capitol Building, very close by, and that was that's just a perk of who they mm-hmm. were. And they've had it for years, right. and and that's why. And so the first thing you did, no, we're going to lock you out. Doesn't matter you're not there. We're going to change right, the locks right, right. and kick you out. You go right. back to the canyon. Well, once again, though, that's all they have. That's mm-hmm, the only mm-hmm, ammunition mm-hmm, they have, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. and they know they're losing the fight. But the other thing, in terms of Hakeem Jeffries, also what has come out is that he Hakeem Jeffries, because at first, like we know, there's pretty zero. 
zero to no chance that he'll be Speaker of the House as long as the Republicans are in charge. Right, you know, that's right. not going to happen. But um, even if you get, there's no five, they're going to. He needs five, but he's not going to get five. Right. But one, but he's put forth a really interesting plan that puts pressure on them in the sense that we will no ne- negotiate to get in order to pull the moderates. Right. Because right. they're beginning to realize number one, there's a, there's an increasing chance that they're going to the um, Republicans are going to lose in 2024, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they and they and it's not just a matter anymore of them not liking Trump. But being afraid to say it, right? And they right. announced that they could. Uh, that now is the time. I think this is perfect timing for him to say, "I recognize it's not going to be me." Right. But if it's any one of the moderate Republicans, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaker of the House, then we'll join with you, right? And be able to, and they can pull enough Republicans for that. They could change the whole dynamic of the and House. And that's and that's what Jeffries is saying, and he's been saying this for the last couple of days. And this is what has been proven when. You cannot get anything done with the Republicans today cannot get anything done without Democratic support right. because they, they don't have enough. They don't have right. enough people. And if yeah, all, all he can lose is, you know, three or four people and what and the leader can't get anything passed. Right. And that's what's been happening. Right. But unfortunately, that's what the MAGA Republicans want to happen. Right. OK. They want it. Right. So what, what Jeffries is saying is that we need to, we. We, meaning the whole Congress, needs to work in a more bipartisan, bipartisan, cooperative way. And like, like you said, Keith, it, the the new speaker might not be me, but it should be someone who is willing to work with right. all of us. And that'll work. And that'll work in the benefit of those moderate Republicans with their own base, right? Because right. because they'll be able to deliver something, right? Right now they're in a lose lose situation, so they need to do mm-hmm. something. That well, can good luck them. with that, because well, we'll talk about that later mm-hmm. about the the speaker vote that's next Tuesday. Right. Okay, we need we need to. Go Go on. Right. Okay. And then, then Trump, oh, well, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those of you who read uh, a children's book uh, knows this phrase. Trump had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad Tuesday. First, the New York Supreme Court Justice Arthur Ingeron, who was presiding over the civil trial for that president, issued a gag order after he, the, pre- the, the, the former president, attacked and personally sh- named his uh, Ingeron's law clerk. In a social media post on Tuesday, and he, he made a social media post saying, and this is ridiculous, saying that this woman, I shouldn't say this woman, he, she is the law clerk for the Supreme Court justice. That means she is his right hand. Mm-hmm. And anyone who knows anything about lawyers and judges, their clerks are who do all the work, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. all the research. But uh, somebody on Trump's team found a picture of her standing next to Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Schumer the uh, majority leader in the Senate right. at some party or something like that. And so they use that picture to say she's having an affair with right. Chuck Schumer. Right. Okay. And not only named who she was, put her picture out there, but also links to her own social media. Right. This happened Tuesday morning. And they also sent out an email to the millions of followers. When Ingeron found out about that, that's when he slapped this, uh, this uh, mm-hmm. gag order. And I personally forbade anybody from making any future comments about his staff. So it's a very narrow gag order for now, but it's the first gag order that Trump has had. And then while Trump, ooh, we got to hurry up. While Trump um, is about to be found liable for hundreds of millions of dollars because of his fraudulent (coughs) business dealings, poor Trump, he fell off the Forbes list of the top 400 richest Americans for the second time in three years. That's got to (laughs) hurt. With an estimated $2.6 billion fortune, supposedly, he is $300 million shy of the cutoff, and his net worth is down more than $600 million from a year ago. And still plummeting. And still plummeting, right, right, right. And then on the second day of this term, both the liberal and conservative justices of the Supreme Court seem not to be convinced 
that funding for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau was unconstitutional. And that's good news. Mm, very um, good news. The plaintiffs, two, and that's even uh, Clarence, the scientist said this right. doesn't make sense. Right. The plaintiffs, two trade groups representing lenders, are arguing that the agency must be funded with annual appropriations approved by Congress. However, most justices stated that Congress can change the appropriations process for agencies at any time. If the court rules against the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, that would cast legal doubt on funding on the funding of other government entities, such as the Federal Reserve and the Federal Depo- uh, FDIC, Federal Dep- Deposit Insurance Corporation. Right. So the ruling has not come down yet, right. but but by opening statements and all that, we kind of know that w- which which way the court is le- right. leaning. So this is a very very important thing for the Supreme Court. And then finally, not finally, but Thursday's update of the new House Speaker. The prospective candidates are also disastrous. In the New York, <clears throat> the Trump New York civil case, he left the trial on Wednesday and even lied and lied even more. And the Biden administration is still getting things done for the American people. On Wednesday, after kicking out the Speaker of the House for the first time ever and effectively shutting down the Congress, Republican members must now consider who to elect. As the next speaker, nothing can be done in the House until there is a new speaker, which could take more than a week at the very least. The MAGA Republicans continue to show their disdain for actual governing by considering Steve Scalise, who has stated that he is David Duke without the baggage, and Jim Jordan, who, was o- who's, who overlooked sexual misconduct when he was at an Ohio College, I think it was Ohio State, mm-hmm. and ignored a congressional subpoena himself, and Donald Trump who isn't even eligible, according to the House rules, because of his four um, indictments. Now, since then, Donald Trump said, you know, he first he said, oh, I'll help however I can. But he has come out in support of Jim Jordan. Why has he come out in strong support of Jim Jordan? Jim Jordan knew what was going to happen before January 6th, before it happened. Jim Jordan wants to impeach Biden, and Jim and he thinks that Jim Jordan can do something to get him out of all of his legal problems. That's why he's supporting Jim Jordan, and that's exactly the reason why Jim Jordan should oh, yeah. not be it. Yeah. So we'll get into that more this right. week and uh, next week after we find out who's who's elected. If we get somebody by the end of the next week, right? No, Jim Jordan will just throw um, throw all kind of sand in the gears. Right, so right, right. The New York business fraud case against the former <laughs> against former president started the quote unquote punishment phase this week. And because it is a civil case, it was not even necessary for Trump to attend. He attended for two and a half days anyway, and first was issued a gag order because of a scandalous and untrue social media post that he published about the judge's law clerk, which we discussed earlier. And then he decided to leave on Wednesday afternoon. He again attacked the judge and the attorney general before again lying by saying he was being forced to be at the trial instead of on the campaign trail. He then boarded his private plane and went back to Florida. What he's really doing, because I think, I heard someone say as well, I think on MSNBC, it's good, obviously, that the judge said, don't attack my law clerk. Right. But he shouldn't be able to attack the judges right, right, either. Right, now, right. Because they're, now, and they're moving towards they're moving, that. Right, because mm-hmm. now they're, they're, they're receiving death threats right, right, right. as well. But that's what also what part of Trump's strategy is. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to push them, right. force them to do because he knows. Then he'll be a victim again. And, mm-hmm. and, and I've told a couple of people, because of eventually all of all of Trump's assets are going to be seized to sit, to, to uh, uh, pay these, these uh, business funds. I, I look forward to, him, forward to him flying to one of his court dates. Coach, flying oh, coach. That would, yeah, that would be that'd be a dream come true. So, meanwhile, very quickly, when he was campaigning, um, while he was campaigning in 2020, Joe, Joe Biden promised to help the millions of Americans who are strapped with crippling student loan debt. 
Some borrowers have been paying their loans for decades and because of high interest rules, interest rate rules have not even started paying on the principal. President Biden put some programs in place to reduce or eliminate loan payments for many, <clears throat> but his efforts were stopped by the Supreme Court. Nevertheless, the POTUS, President of the United States, again unveiled another new program that will erase the balances for many who have been paying on their loans for 20 or 30 years or more <clears throat> and reduce by half the payment amounts for others. Many of the people who are against student loan relief had their own COVID-era PPP loans in the hundreds of thousands or even millions completely erased. Right. And Friday, Republicans make a terrible House speakers. <laughs> the five Republican speakers since 1995 have all failed. Cornell West changes his campaign again. West leaves the Green Party to run as an independent. DeSantis drops to third place and is broke. The campaign is betting everything on Iowa. And this is so interesting, and I'm going to go through this quickly, because uh, Lawrence, O'Donnell talk, Lawrence O'Donnell talked about this Thursday night on his show. Except for two times in the late 1940s and early 1950s, all of the House speakers from 1931 through 1995 were Democrats. Except for two times when Nancy Pelosi was House Speaker, <coughs> all of the speakers from 1995 through 2023 have been Republicans, and all of them have failed at their jobs. Newt Gingrich resigned in 1998 due to pressure from his conference. Dennis Hastert was indicted for bank fraud and imprisoned for child molestation. John Boehner retired and just retired in 2015, also due to pressure from his conference. And Paul Ryan declined for run, declined to run for uh, re-election in 2018. And as we said before, Kevin McCarthy is the first House Speaker in American history to be vacated from his post. And now there's rumors that he's not that he's going to leave leave his seat even before the next election. Wow. What else is he? What, 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 there's nothing he's, left for him now. Not, there's nothing left at all. Cornell West changed his presidential campaign platform for the second time. Leaving the green, leaving the Green Party to run as an independent, he he will have to gain ballot access in the states all on his own by gathering hundreds of thousands of petition signatures across all fifty states. He has he has just seventy thousand dollars in his campaign chest. <laughs> just yeah, good luck, Cornell. Just <laughs> last June, West first announced his presidential bid as part of the People's Party. Nine days later, he switched to the Green Party. <laughs> These third-party candidates are like Kevin McCarthy. They want the prestigious title, but they have no idea what it takes to do the job and just uh, mess things up. Mm -hmm. And then going on to, to uh, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley has replaced Ron DeSantis as the longtime number two Republican presidential candidate. And DeSantis now polls in the single digits. He was at almost 43% in January. Even worse, DeSantis <clears throat> just has $5 million in his primary election campaign checks. And that's not a lot of money for no, him. not at all. And can't even afford to hire local people for his Iowa campaign efforts. The DeSantis campaign has spent more in the third quarter than it raised and is putting everything on the line for the Iowa caucuses next January. DeSantis, as we know, is also a terrible campaigner. And his promise to make the United States like Florida <laughs> is not the winning slogan he thought it would be. He even hardly ever uses the word woke anymore. Trump still leads the candidate field by 30 point, points or more, but donors are reluctant to give more money to either Haley or DeSantis right now. And that's all. Well, that's all for this week. And, and our, we made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is a reminder that when you upgrade your Substack subscription to a paid level, you really help support us on a financial level. You will also benefit us by visiting our website to see what we can offer you with our valuable products and services in the Branding and Marketing Academy. Check the show notes for links and QR codes. Thank you, and we'll be back next week.
See you next week. See you next week. Thank <laughs> you.